Hello and welcome to the Inner Bitch, Inner Truth podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jakiri, naturopathic doctor turned spiritual analyst, intuitive coach, acupuncturist, Reiki master, mindfulness guide, and podcaster. I help give you clarity on the lessons you're meant to be learning from the shitty situations that you're in, and I show you the steps to take to get you into the life experience that you want. Each week, I bring you inspiring stories, people, and messages to help you lean into loving your emotions, transforming your relationship with yourself and others, and giving you the clarity you need to create a life you love. If you'd like to help the back end of this podcast, I would love to have you contribute. Any amount helps, even if it's just a dollar. You can use Venmo using the link in the show notes. Let's get healing. Today I have with me Dr. Philip Ryan. He's a chiropractor that I went to school with, and I'm super excited about this conversation because he focuses a lot on mind-body health, and I'm all about it. So thank you so, so much for taking the time to be with me today. And thank you so much, Sarah, for having me and inviting me into this uh, this opportunity. I feel absolutely blessed and immensely humbled uh, to be here with you all today. Yeah. And you're, you're down in Kentucky, which I'm, I'm bummed about because I feel like I want to come see you for what you do, uh, to be in person with you for it. But, um, before you left, you were in a band with some people that we went to school with and I loved watching you guys like being there and dancing. Oh my gosh. That was like some of the best times in school for me. You were one of the best groupies we had, let me tell you what. And it was a, it was a blast. So I was in a band with a couple of professors uh, that we had at school as well as, an, as another classmate. And uh, it, was a, it was just a nice creative outlet for all of us, I think, uh, to a departure from the norm of the scientific world. Yeah, it was just, it was so cool. And then to see the school out, like, you know, we're normally all in the books in the library, but then, yeah. you know, get us into a bar with some drinks and some dancing, like, Woo, we had a great time. It was it was unlike anything else, and it was an absolute hoot and a blast. Yeah. Okay, so let's dive right on in. I am very curious on what got you into like the mind body space. So my journey kind of we all have motivations, right? And we all have these little these little things that have led us to where we are in life at the moment. Um, but my my journey kind of started when I was six years old as a little kid. Um, was diagnosed with a pretty significant um, diagnosis. It was an inoperable brain tumor. And the doctor said, you know, you got a little less than a year to live. Um, And if chemo and radiation can keep it at bay, it'll be a miracle is what they told my parents. Um, Long story short, right? Five neurosurgeries and 16 rounds of chemo in. I had an allergic reaction to the chemo. And the doctor said, you know, here's chemo plan B or radiation. Which would you prefer? And we consulted St. Jude's. We prayed about it. We discerned it. And essentially chose to flew under the radar. And that's when the whole Pandora's box of naturopathic medicine, chiropractic medicine, acupuncture, chakra healing, I mean, you name it, and we tried it. And essentially that conglomerate of alternative therapies and practices is essentially a long, you know, immense of hours of prayer is essentially why I'm still here and, and just celebrating 21 years to the day of my diagnosis. I have seen the value and I know it works. And it's what helped get me through, uh, for me, a quite a traumatizing time of part of my adolescence. Yeah, that's when I read, when you sent me some of the papers and articles on your story, I like, I had no idea. I just, 
I started just cry. Like I want to cry right now because that's such a beautiful story. And I'm thinking I'm going to start crying. And it's just so beautiful that you took that. And you, you're like, I want to help other people who feel this way, who feel just like, there's no other option for me. Like, what do I do? Because there are options. And it, yeah. yeah. I, I have to, you know, you check yourself sometimes, right? Um, and I have to check myself because sometimes I'll get a little too emotionally invested in a new patient when they say, I've been to six or seven docs and they told me there's no hope and you can't do any more. And that just gets me going. And it, it kind of fuels my fire because that's what I wake up every morning. That's why I do what I do. And that's, those are the people that I want to, and I know I can help. Um, obviously through God's grace is what I believe, but through the grace of the universe, whatever you hold true to you, that's, it's those people that we need to reach out to. And those people that are crying for help on a daily basis that um, through the power of what I do, but also what all of us do uh, that have graduated together, we, we hold that power within us, whether we know it or not most days. Yeah, absolutely. But I just, I see so clearly, it's like, you're, li- you're quite literally an angel on earth. Right. Just like, yeah. I mean, I like, I'm so present to it right now. Like I'm, I'm kind of being really, I'm getting very emotional. It's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's, I feel again, so very blessed because I, I'm able to give back to patients in a way that I was, you know, ministered to all those years ago to 20 plus years ago. And to kind of complete that full circle process for me is immensely, immensely humbling. And I'm so very grateful to be able to do what I do every day. Yes. Okay. Let's, <laughs> what got you into NET? Like what is NET? Cause that's the primary modality that you use, right? Yeah. So the primary mind body modality I use called NET, which is short for the neuro emotional technique. Um, it was a technique that I had uh, as a patient Uh, throughout my trials and tribulations as a kid. Essentially, um, it's a stress reduction technique or stress reduction therapy that allows us to rewire the connections in the brain that often have built up for years or even decades in some of my patients that have, we've had our brains rewired and wired in such a way, right? That when we encounter a stress in the here and now, our brains go back to when we were six or seven and had that intense moment of stress. And now we're acting as if we were a six or seven year old in our 40 year old body. Um, But it's helping to rewire those connections to help best optimize our stress response, not only in the here and now, but in the future as well. And that's essentially, we learn about in school, right? Your brain is plastic. It's called this, the concept of neuroplasticity is at play here. And it's one that's heavily relied upon in NET. Decades ago, scientists said, you know, our brains, once they're formed or formed, you can't really change them neurologically. You can't change them physiologically, but now we know that not to be the case. Uh, little brain exercises here and there, little memories that pop up on the radar. We are constantly in a state of flux um, with, in regards to forming our brains and how those connections uh, take place on a daily and even on a, on a minute by minute basis. Yeah. So when you talk about that, <clears throat> where my mind goes, is to those automatic reactions that we have to things that, you know, I know for me, I'll just, I can be, get like really snippy. And I actually just put out a podcast episode today talking about a moment when that happened for me. And I know that I have complex PTSD 
And so that's to me, when I hear you say that, I'm like, okay, that's for the way that I term that is complex PTSD. What do you think? It's, I think all of us in a sense have PTSD in one form or another, right? We undergo these, whether, you know, the people talk about little T or big T trauma, and it's a little cliched in my book, but there's so much validity to it because we all undergo in a sense, some form of trauma in our upbringing. And in our upbringing are those formative years when our brains are constantly in a state of formation and flux. And we're forming those pathways for the very first time. And often it's, uh, yeah, the PTSD is so real because we have our parents get divorced, right? We have uh, all these, that's a big T trauma, right? But little T traumas, you know, it's, it could be anything from witnessing mom and dad arguing to a little sibling being born that upsets the apple cart of how mom and dad relate to you as a son or a daughter. Um, so yes, in a sense, we all do have PTSD, but it's just the ability to recognize it, to name it, and then to learn from it in the future. Right. Yeah. So the way that I go about it is like when that happens, when I realize that I'm reacting and I actually don't have that control over the way that I'm acting, you know, like I, I feel as if I like literally do not have control because it's a reflex. It's like the reptilian brain, very bottom, like reflex. Like I do not have the conscious control over it. So for me, I've been on this journey of like, okay, when is that happening? And then, okay, I know that situations like this cause that to happen. So Mm -hmm. I can just do my breathing exercises, do my adult tea, my adult timeout, and then try my best to, you know, respond in the way in which uh, I would like to, I guess. So, uh, but I think for any tea, I mean, I don't know, let's, let's see. I I don't know this, this answer, but do you think any tea goes in and is like, nope, we're just gonna, we're gonna like chop this pathway and we're gonna rewrite a new pathway. Like we're gonna stop this reaction, but we're gonna rewrite a new response. In a sense, yes. And I'll, I'll tell you kind of the background of how we go about doing that, right? Because NET, I love it so much because it utilizes principles from all different kinds of medicine and modalities of medicine. Predominant one is traditional Chinese medicine, which holds the belief that each organ contains within it a series of emotions and contains meaning it is responsible for the production of these emotions. Um, So when I say the rewiring bit, right, we identify the emotion that's most prominent, often by muscle testing um, and identifying the organ from which that emotion is coming from. By doing so, we can check to see a former time in life to see if you have experienced it before, like in childhood. And then by doing, by it's often in the, just the identification. And then there's some spinal tapping. There's some other modalities involved with the protocol itself. But we essentially, it's often in the identification of what emotion is it, from where is it coming, and how are we going to remedy it for the future? And that's where the rewiring comes in and the awareness comes in. So when we get triggered in the future, we're no longer at a loss for, God, why is this happening to me? And it's that victim mentality to taking control of your health, right? And saying, I know this is coming from when I was six. I was diagnosed when I was six. And a lot of my gunk and baggage, right, comes from when I was six years old. So when I get triggered or stressed out now, my brain, even with all the NET I've had done on me, still goes back to that time. And again, it's a work in progress. We're all works in progress, but it's, it's rebuilding in a sense, but it's the continual 
patterns that we that we continue to form within our brains, but within our our conscious awareness too, that really help form that map and set us up for the best success in the future. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask a personal question? Go right ahead. Um, so when, so you know that a lot of your gunk is from when you were six years old. So when it comes up again, what, how do you kind of take yourself through the process to be easy on yourself? Because it's, it's, you know, it's not your fault. It's just something that happened. Do you mind sharing a little bit of what kind of goes on inside like the inner dialogue? So it's absolutely, it's often, again, it's in the recognition that, okay, this is a trigger. And it's, I, I often invite people Sarah, to take a, a physical step back when they feel that and recognize the trigger, because by taking a physical step back, and I do this often, your brain is going, oh, shoot, you know, shit's hitting the fan. Like we, we just took a physical step back and I invite patients to envision that, you know, the ghost or carcass they just stepped out of and go, okay, where am I? Who just texted me? What am I looking up? What stimuli am I getting fed right now? that's leading to the trigger. And I do this often, I do this practice often because the world is full of these toxic triggers at times and we get inundated. It's an oversympathetic response. My God, with COVID for crying out loud, mm-hmm. people are at their wits end and they come in and they just say, doc, I'm stressed to shit. I need help. And it's this oversympathetic response that we're in this fight or flight mode often. And we can't, we can't be helpful. We can't be mindful of, of ourselves, let alone other people in that fight or flight state. So it's really a self-awareness, but it's that taking a physical step back. And this, it sounds almost elementary, right? But it's so effective because your brain's going, oh, shoot, she means business. She just recognized something that she's not recognized before. Um, the journaling practices. I I recommend this to patients often. I recognize journaling is not for everybody also. For me, it's playing playing the piano, playing the keyboard at home, singing. Everybody has their own outlets that allow them to kind of decompress and to allow the stress and outlet to literally come outside of them because it's in the harboring of these emotions. It's in the pressing them down. It's in the not recognizing them that they simmer and then they become uh, a neuroemotional component. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Because for me, I, it's, all, it's all about the pattern interrupts because we're such habitual creatures that if we just keep doing the same thing, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to change, but it sounds like that step back. That's really just like, that's an interrupter. It's like, oh, I love that. That's genius. And, and, and I can't take the credit for that. You know, I've learned and picked up these things along the way. I've even invited some people um, to put a hair tie or a rubber band around their wrist. And it's like classical negative condition, right? You just, when you feel yourself going down that rabbit hole, you just snap it on your wrist. And it's literally like a message to the brain, like, hey, Sarah, snap out of it. Like, wake up and be present to what's in front of you because you're missing something. Right. Literally because you're getting triggered. So it's right. these little physical components that kind of send uh, an immediate signal to the brain going, we can't, we can't have this right now. This isn't good for you. Right. Yeah. Okay. So people are coming in like stressed. They're saying they're stressed as shit. What do I do? Um, so that, that could be considered like, well, 
do you think that that's considered kind of like a micro trauma where it's like, there's just so much shit going on that I don't know, like what to do or like, what are other things that people could be experiencing that could kind of be pointing to, Hey, this might actually be a deeper issue for you. Mm -hmm. So as we know, right. A lot of medicine these days focuses on kind of the, the what and the how, so what is happening and how did it happen? NET focuses and a lot of our medicine that we're proficient in focuses on the why and the where. And that's why I love NET so much is because it, when patients come into me and say, doc, I've just been stressed. And now I have radiating arm pain with that. I can't stick a finger on, you know, what caused it. That's like prime example of, okay, let's delve a little deeper and see physical manifestations of emotional repression or emotional trauma, extraordinarily common. Um, and that's why in, through the muscle testing, right, we're able to identify, is this solely structural or is it really, I explained to patients, Sarah, that's kind of a, a veil in front of you, right? And if the veil is your emotions and if they're wreaking havoc, I can adjust you all day, every day and not enact the change I need to until I remove the veil of emotions performing any teeth. Yes. Um, but things that I look for, right, that people don't often know that they even mention, right? It's the overthinking bit. And I talk to patients all the time that I can't, I just can't make up my mind about life, about work, about kids, et cetera. Uh, people pleasing, uh, chronic people pleasers is a chief sign of childhood trauma, big T or little t. Um, holding grudges and resentment is another chief component of that's liver gallbladder uh, is anger resentment. Um, and then it sounds silly, right? But a lot of these things result from mommy or daddy issues that we've all had for some of us for decades and have never properly addressed, which is why we fall into these patterns time and time again. It's some people come in looking for help with these things, right? But on my intake form, I don't have something that says, am I a chronic people pleaser? but you listen for these things in the intake and you can kind of go with, go down that rabbit hole or take that Avenue if you deem it so worthy. Yeah. Thank you for breaking that down. And two, I just want to, I feel like I should speak to this because I think when people hear like the mommy and daddy issues, um, they think something that's like really big, but it could be just that your mom drives you nuts or your dad, your dad doesn't understand you. You know, it could be those little things or, or it could also be, you know, I really wish that my parents would have raised me like this, or I really wish that I would have had this experience in childhood, like holding on to, to that and having those beliefs and those thoughts that creates such a strong emotional charge. Do you, do you think so? Without a doubt, you know, and it's, I often find people asking, I do a lot of lot with people on the what if questions, right? Not only in the here and now, but oh God, what if I was raised that way? What if my parents actually had money when I grew up? And the what ifs are paralyzing. Yeah. And I work a lot with people on, I, a common thing I say with people in NET is I'm okay with sending the what ifs to help. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it sounds, but it's, it kind of creates that imagery of like, you know, don't need that in my life right now. And I'm stepping over and above and beyond that recognizing that I do it, but saying the what ifs can absolutely paralyze us. Um, but going back to your point about the, you know, the childhood stuff, it's, I see it all the time with, 
Okay, I'll ask a patient, you know, the age age eight popped up on your radar around dad. You know, what was going on with dad around eight? Now, this just happened a couple of days ago. And this gentleman said, you know, nothing really. What did your dad do? He was a mechanic. And, and I had to kind of pull this out of him. But essentially, his dad was a night shift worker. So he was never home. The kid, this guy got home from school. His dad went to work throughout the entire time he was home, went to bed, woke up the next morning. His dad was at work. Well, how does a seven or eight year old process dad being away? His dad doesn't care about me now. And it creates these connections, right? That begin to mold and shape us. And now we have low self-esteem when we're 30 and 40 years old because of, a, of an unrecognized daddy issue because dad was never around and present in those formative years of our childhood. Yes. I think <clears throat> this is just my personal perspective and opinion, but I think that we give kids or we don't give children as much credit as they deserve. Like we think that we know what's best for them. We think that we know what they should be doing. We think that we know what they're thinking, but mm -hmm. we can never know what they're actually experiencing. It's the, the mind of a child and how children absorb and their children are sponges, right? to their environments for good and for bad. Um, and again, even something as simple as witnessing mom and dad arguing about financial struggles. Well, guess what? Kid goes, God, it must've been something I did. And so it's these little nuances that help form us, you know, in childhood, but we don't, I don't think we often give kids enough credit for, they want to take on the burdens of the family mm. and, and they want to take away from mom and dad because ultimately they don't know they haven't experienced that level of pain agony stress whatever you want to call it in life yet obviously for a little four or five year old you know it's oh god mom and dad aren't happy i want to take that away from them so they can be happy again it's an elementary understanding but you have to remember to look at it through the lens of a child right and we we don't often do that but it's i see it time and time again with kiddos regardless of complaint um, on how it's a, an emotional causer for why they're, they don't nap when they're supposed to, they have eczema, you know, they have these mind gut issues, um, you name it, and they have recurrent uh, bacterial infections. It's all resulting from gut, which is actually stress related. You're starting to draw these connections and make these connections for not only the kid, but for the parents and inviting them into a warmer environment at home saying, Hey, these are some tweaks you can make. I'm not a parent yet, so I can't speak from experience. Right. But things I've known and things I, that I've studied, this could be some helpful tools to help not only set you up for good success, but your little kiddo as well. Yeah. I, I love that. You really just gave me another piece, like a really big piece that I had been missing. Like the fact that children want to take on the burden of their parents. Mm -hmm. that is so much a pit. Like I I'm getting like emotional over here because that's such a big part of my picture. Mm -hmm. And I, and I feel that way even now to this day, I want to take away the burden of my parent that my parents are holding. Mm -hmm. Oof. I, I tell, right. I think our generation, Sarah, right. Is in a different place than our parents were when they were our age. And I, 
again, this might be an overgeneralization, right? But I think our generation will, will and has learned the most from the generation above us than any generation before, because we're seeing these both good and bad, right? We're taking the good with the bad, but we're, we're saying, you know what, hold on a second. We're going to take a step back, analyze the situation. Guess what? We're normalizing going to therapy. We're normalizing going to counseling. We're normalizing these stigmatized things that our parents in the generations above us have never, we're asking for help. Yeah. Hello. You know, and it's, it's all working to essentially remedy these wounds that we have from childhood. Yeah. I, I, I see that. I see, I see the, the shift in consciousness. I feel like there's a complete uh, shift in consciousness happening right now. And it gives me hope for a much brighter future for just everyone, for the world. Undoubtedly. And I think it's going to have significantly positive implications down the road. And that's why I'm so excited when you know, a person young or old comes in and says, Hey, doctor, how did you do this? NET stuff, you know, what is it? Because I'm really stressed and need help. It's the, uh, it, it's really powerful stuff. And something that I don't think I mentioned that I think is really important to note with neuroemotional techniques there is when before you even, so if a patient comes into me, you know, with uh, radiating arm pain, for example, we do all the physical tests and it shows up negative. I know already that it's emotional, but the, the first question that in the seminars you're trained to ask, and this is a very important one, right? Is, is this okay that we explore this avenue with you? Or are you open to this possibility that it could be a psychosomatic or an emotional causer for this pain that you're experiencing? 99 times out of 100, the person or patient in front of me has said, yes, absolutely, let's get to the bottom of it. Maybe two or three times in my practice career, um, the person in front of me has said, no, I think I'm good. Like, you can just adjust me and, you know, we'll see what happens. And you just have to respect people where they are in their healing journeys. And, and that's difficult to come to grips with for us, you know, sometimes because we have been exposed to these amazing avenues and modalities, but um, it's remembering to meet the people where they are, regardless of if they're just starting their journey or if they've been to seven or eight doctors and haven't had a response. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. I want to hear a little bit more of like some patient cases. Can we talk about that? Undoubtedly. So I've already touched on a couple, um, but I'll give you a couple more examples. I uh, saw a patient who I've seen countless times and she presented to me um, and she said, doc, you're not going to believe this. This is at the beginning of COVID. This was last April. She came in and she said, doc, and she lifted up the bottom of her shirt, exposing her low back. And she said, I have this rash that's completely covering my low back. Clinically, right? It almost looked like shingles. Like I'm like, okay, that could be shingles. And I said, okay, you know, how's stress levels going? And she goes, oh my gosh. Uh, and sometimes it just comes out of people, right? And sometimes you have to pull it out. But she was on one because she was, she was zoned into it. And she said, I've been talking to my daughter all week who lives halfway across the country. And she thinks this whole COVID thing's a conspiracy. And I think she's off her keister insane. And we just have bickered and bickered and bickered the last two weeks. Because she was so locked into that, right? We, and we identified that as the potential causer for why this woman had an itchy rash all over her back. 
perform the technique with her. And I said, you know, please do give me a call tomorrow. We'll follow up in a couple of days, but I want to hear tomorrow morning how you're doing. She called the office the next day and she said, Doc, I don't know how or why, but the rash is about 10% of what it was. It's 90% gone. Itch is down. All because we identified that her daughter in the COVID situation, right, which we know is a hot topic, was causing her stress so much that it manifested as this rash response all over this poor woman's back. That's that's case A, and that just it never ceases to amaze me what can be emotional anymore. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. Amazing, but wild. <laughs> so I had a new 18-month-old patient, and mom brought him in for allergies and eczema. And this poor kid had rashes on his arms, his tummy, his thigh, and his face. I mean, it looked horrendous. And I said, what have you tried thus far? Remember, this kid's a year and a half old. And she said, well, we've taken him to the PCP that's prescribed Claritin, Allegra, and another you know, antihistamine drug. And I'm going, oh, gosh. And you know, this is, the, this is the struggle that we deal with, right? It's the prescription society. It's the go to the doctor, get a pill, and go home and send you on your merry way. What we essentially identified with this little guy um, was a gut enzyme deficiency at, at a nutritional metabolic level that was not allowing him to digest food which is now manifesting because we know the gut and the skin have, a, have an immense connection. But also we performed NET around the stress response that he was experiencing. And this is wild because um, sometimes with a young kiddo, the stress response, the most original time he or she has experienced it was when they haven't even seen the light of day yet. And so this kid's positive time frame for when he originally experienced that original stressor was in utero. So I turned to mom, because you can't ask the kid that, obviously. And I said, you know, how was pregnancy? How did, how did everything go? How are stress levels on your behalf? And she almost broke down in tears in front of me. And she said, doc, it was immensely stressful. My husband almost lost his job. We almost thought we were going to lose my son a couple of times with pregnancy complications. Uh, the uncertainty was vast. And um, just the amount of stress that mom was under, and as we know, the the hormonal emotional connection with mom and baby is so significant um, that that was essentially the causer for why now part of the causer, right. For why this kid was experiencing gut and, and skin issues down the road. Uh, but it's in the identification of these things, because again, the Claritin Allegra saga um, is a sad one because it's just not going to make any headway. And in, in the process, you're, you know, altering gut integrity and all of these functions as a result. Right. So when you, when you identified that, like how how did, I guess, how did you help the baby then? Like how, you know, how did you go through and like clear that? And so it's a, it's a bit of a different process with little ones, right? Because they're, they can't, they can't express to us how they're feeling, uh, et cetera. But that's the power of the technique is that so right with, with the emotions that it correspond to the different organs, when we tap on the levels of the spine uh, that correspond to those organs, we're kind of, that's the rewiring that's taking place. Sometimes in adults, it helps to be consciously aware of these things, but it's not necessary to be. Um, and by doing so, you're, you're relying on the neuropeptides, right, which are the chemical messengers from the brain to the organs and vice versa, 
to do most of the work for you in that regard. They're at work whenever we do NET, those neuropeptides are uh, on a hormonal level. But with little ones especially, it's, it's heavily reliant upon them because, again, they can't express how that made them feel or their memory of something in utero, obviously. Right, right. So then um, after, so after you like, you know, really figured that out, did, did the baby get better? Like, how, like how did that kind of, you know, trans, trans, transpire, unfold? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I told mom, I said, let's, you know, bring it back again in two weeks. We started him on the supplement and we just did the NET session and called it a day in his first visit. And two weeks later, um, and again, the body is so resilient, especially at such a young age. Um, I was, because, you know, as a doctor, if I'm frank with you, sometimes you do these things and you prescribe these things and in the back of your mind, the little voice of doubt is like, is this really going to work? You know, and we all have, we all have those moments, right? That's like, shit, is this, is this the right thing? I hope that was the right thing for him. And I hope it works. Obviously you can't, you can't relay that uncertainty to the patient in front of you, but it's a very human response. Saw the, saw a little guy two weeks later, mom brought him back and mom was almost in tears. She's like, I can't believe it. I was a little doubtful at the get go. And she said, the rash is like, that's 50% gone. Um, and he's starting to eat better. He's less fussy. Um, and all of these, because again, the, the mind gut connection too, along with the skin, um, it was helping to, in a sense, um, propel this young, young kiddo back to where he needed to be not only mental, emotionally, but nutritionally, metabolically as well. Yeah. So freaking cool. I, I just, I love it. I love it so much. There's, there's one more I'd like, I'd love okay. to share with you if, if we have time. Yeah. Um, they, I had a new patient. This was just two weeks ago, Sarah, and he presented to me for, you ready? Neck, mid-back, low back, and bilateral or both knees were in pain. And Ooh. essentially, I, I kind of chuckle because sometimes it looks as if they've just completely colored in the man that says, mark where you have pain. And I almost think somebody's punking me some days, right? But with those systemic pain diagrams, either right? You have a nutritional metabolic issue or you have an emotional issue. On his meds list, he wrote, instead of writing the meds and the dosages, he said, I'll email it to you next week. So I had to ask him about this. And this young man was 20 years old. And since the age of 12, he's been on meds every day of his life for ADHD, depression, anxiety, and Tourette syndrome. All four, quote unquote, have been diagnosed, right? but he's been on these meds for the last 10 years. Essentially, initially, all of his pain was psychosomatic and it was re resulted from um, daddy issues in childhood. He was told he was never good enough and all these different things. Um, and I actually uh, am going to see him uh, again sometime here soon. So I'll be sure to give you an update on how he's doing, but um, it's the inundation of just, let's just throw a drug at it. And we're literally altering brain chemistry at, that young man was 12 years, you know, 10, 12 years old. It absolutely breaks my heart, it breaks my heart. And you're not giving the chance for the brain, a chance to heal, not only itself, but the body and to rewire those connections in the interim. And for this kid, it manifests literally as global body pain. Yeah. And it's quite sad how often 
that happens and how often people think there's no other option for them. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that they have to live with. Like that absolutely breaks my heart. And it's a, it's a shame, but we're, again, we're blessed to have the knowledge, knowledge base that we do, you know, as naturopathic physicians and chiropractic physicians in helping to equip these people with the tools that they need to, to best optimize not only their life, but everything, everything, the fray around their life too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the NEP is a system that you go through in your office with people to narrow in on what the, if there's a psychosomatic thing and then what that is, and then you identify it, you clear it. Um, and then what happens when you, when, when they then like leave your office, like how do you kind of hold that healing that happened in the office? Yeah, so very good question. And patients ask me this often. Um, I essentially prescribe after all of my NET sessions, just a few, few minute things. I remind my patients that the work that we did in the office is done and it will, you, it will carry with you and it will change you. It has changed you already. You know, we just need to give the body and brain time to reacclimate. But part of my prescription for NET patients is increasing awareness and connecting the dots. And this is so huge because sometimes uh, a blip on the radar, a moment in childhood will come up. It takes a patient back 30, 40, maybe 50 years ago. And sometimes the patients are like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's it. And sometimes the patients go, Doc, I'm sure there was something there, but I'm not sure what it was. I say, and I, so I tell my patients, you know, go home, reflect on it, ask mom, dad sometimes um, what was going on when you were that age. And and I had a woman come back the other day. She goes, Doc, it just dawned on me. And I totally connected the dots between what was going on. I'm like, yes, that's what this is about, is the recognition of what it was, the identification of what it was, right? And how it's affecting us now. So the awareness bit is in connecting the dots is huge uh, part of my prescription for homework. Um, and essentially, in and of the same, in the same token, is reflecting on those earlier life experiences and how good or bad, they've helped form you, they've helped change you, they've helped develop you into who you are today. You are a culmination of your previous life experiences, good or bad, um, but it's reflecting on that kind of concept as well. And the last thing I tell people and invite people to do is making more you time. So Sarah, if you were to come in and say, hey, you know, go home and find more time for Sarah. Um, and it's by doing so, you release those, you know, the feel-good hormones, the dopamine, all of these things that help to override the signals of the negative signals of pain um, because we're focusing more on the positives, uh, positive side of life and the things that we love to do. So whether it's taking a walk, reading a book, I mean, it's playing music, you know, everybody's different, but whatever it is that you love to do is part of my prescription after any tea sessions as well. Amazing. <laughs> it's just so good. So many, so many snaps all around. Cause that's, I mean, that what you just said is like most of what I do with people as well. And the way that I look at it is that, and, and you're saying it too, it's that understanding is healing. Yes. Like as soon as you understand the connection, mm-hmm. it's like you're, it's like the energy is already shifted. Things are already moving in a different way and you already have a new life experience avenue awaiting you. And again, what, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, that's that neuroplasticity bit. 
And it boggles my mind how for centuries, right, we were taught that the brain is what it is and you can't change it. And opening this awareness to these avenues of holy, holy cow, like we can enact a change here and we can form new circuits. We can form new hard wirings up there and we can form essentially new hormonal pathways that lead to where we need to be. Yeah. It's so cool. Like the human body is just like mind blowing. When you really think about it, it's just like, how, (laughs) like what? It's, it's a miracle. It, a, a miracle is, some days is an understatement, you know, and you just, you have to sit back and marvel at the, the beauty and the intricacy of it all. And, you know, you're taught the very straightforward bits in school, but in, until you see, you know, a person that's incredibly broken in front of you and you have to piece them back together, not just by a chiropractic adjustment, not just by a tincture, you have to, put, you know, put on, you know, Pick yourself up by the bootstraps and go, this is going to be a tough ass case today, but we're going to get to the bottom of it for you. We're going to do all in our power, you know, to help remedy this for you. Yeah. Yeah. I've found it within my own work. It's like, <clears throat> you know, working with to, at the depth, because I work really deep as well, right? Like mm-hmm. we both we go, we both go like really deep with people mm-hmm. where it's, I'm sure that you've heard this too, where it's like, I haven't told anyone this ever in my life. This is the first time I'm ever talking about this. And I'm so Mm -hmm. scared. Um, It's like when you're down in that, sometimes like I have to check myself if I'm, if I'm even able to, to hold that space for you. Like I have to make sure that I'm doing all of my own work so that I have the capacity Mm -hmm. that healing space because if I'm not and sometimes like I've had to I've had to reschedule people because I'm like I I know that I do not have the capacity to show up for you and you need that that's why you're Mm -hmm. paying me so I'm gonna honor both of us and like work on myself before and that and props to you for doing that sincerely because you see so many and you you know you can tell as a patient when you walk into a doctor's office if they're acting out of a place of you know, where their cup, where their cup is completely empty or it's, it's filled and overflowing and they can start to pour into your cup, you know, and it's, it's a ministerial bit also because you're ministering to the person in front of you and you need to, you need to make sure that you're doing your homework and you're getting the emotional support. You're getting the physical nutrients. You're getting all of these things from different sources that is helping to fill your cup up again, because it's so true what we do. Holy smokes. Some days you come home and you just you just want to pass out. And it's those days you got to check yourself and go, you know, should have spent a few more minutes this morning, you know, building myself back up in, in whatever form that may look like. But um, it's a very draining work some days, as we know, right? Because we are getting to the depth with depths with some of these people. But it's so fulfilling because you're really enacting a change that often not any person has been able to enact before. Yeah. There's been times where I am just sobbing after, after, you know, after the meeting is done and I'm in my own space, kind of just like decompressing, but then it's like, it's almost like that's when I allow myself and it's like, okay, are there any feelings that I'm now harboring because of you know, hearing some, like some of the things that people have been through, it is, there are some 
awful, awful stories that people have. That's just like, it crushes my, my heart. Like, it's just like how, oh my goodness. And so there's been times where I'm just like sobbing and sobbing and sobbing, just feeling that pain. And I guess the way that I look at it is it's kind of like, I'm helping the collective heal through processing that emotion. And it's like, I, I can handle the emotion. Yes. And, and I encourage patients, patients, you know, cry all the time in any tea session and almost all of them say, Oh doc, I'm so sorry. And I'm going, please do not feel the need to apologize. Like this is, this is good. I hear you. I recognize you. I, I feel this viscerally. I feel this. Yeah. Um, but I, I recognize that human rawness and emotion and that's a that's the best thing you can do in that moment is just to let it out. And that moment of catharsis is so healing for not only the physical bits, but obviously the mental, emotional, spiritual, whatever other aspect of the, of the bits you want to name. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I have one more question for you, but before I ask that, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we have not spoken about yet? I don't think so. Um, Again, this this work is founded upon premises that are thousands of years old, and I I have a lot of skeptical patience when I say, you know, it seems to be emotional. We're gonna, is it okay if we do this technique? And they raise an eyebrow and almost giving a disclaimer sometimes, you know, that this traditional Chinese medicine premises are thousands of years old and far predate any Western medical philosophy, right? Um, but it's just the reassurance. Of both for both you and I, Sarah, that that this these things are grounded in what we know to be true, what we've seen work, and what we know to be efficacious, not only in helping people, but they're grounded in and rooted in so much wisdom that is that runs far deeper than any than anything we can identify in this. I'm gonna quote, quote unquote Western medical society, right? Yep, yep. There's a reason why it survived for thousands of years, yeah. right? You got that right, girl. Yeah. Okay. Where can people find you? So physically speaking, I'm in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. Uh, My practice name is Ryan Chiropractic and Wellness. Fort Thomas is uh, essentially just south of Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and born and raised here. And it's been a blessing coming back here to practice and minister to the community in which I grew up. Um, Instagram and Facebook, I am Doc Ryan Cairo. uh, My last name and then it's C-H-I-R-O. Uh, I, I post regularly, uh, obviously, some chiropractic stuff, some mind-body stuff, some nutritional stuff, some recipes, you know, the, kind of the gamut of different things, trying to engage people. Uh, but if you ever have any questions or want to reach out, uh, both you, Sarah, or the listeners, would be happy to, you know, direct message them or answer any questions about mind-body medicine, neuroemotional technique, or health in general as well. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much. Okay. So my last question for you is what is one key takeaway that you want every woman to know? So with, you know, you see patterns, right? With, with both men and women when you, when you do this work enough. And one recurrent theme for many women who I, who I do NET with uh, is low self-esteem. And again, that manifests as second guessing themselves, uncertainty, uh, people pleasing, overthinking situations. And it's the identification of this self-doubt, of this low self-esteem, and kind of reflecting upon your childhood. 
and saying, okay, how was, how was my childhood when mom and dad around? You know, how did school go? And just doing kind of a self-analysis and remembering too, for takeaway for, for the women listening, your brain is moldable. You know, you're not set in stone at any course or any moment in time. Um, for a lot of women with the, self, the self-doubt and self-esteem that comes up, my prescription to them is self-affirmation, right? Whether in written form, you can put post-its all over your mirror. So when the first thing you turn on that bathroom light every morning, that's what you see. Um, self-mantras, positive mantras, as we know, that kind of imprints the brain hearing you say it, right? Um, and journaling is a healing practice. Um, it's just, again, that moment of catharsis and reflecting upon where you came from. Uh, and lastly, you know, with all of these um, self-esteem kind of related complaints, surrounding yourself with a kick-ass support network is, is huge. And it's, you know, having that person you can come home and call up or come home and just cry in their arms, you know, that they say, you know what, it's okay. You're, you're going to do better tomorrow or you really change that person's life today, whether you knew it or not. It's these little bits of support along the way, whatever that looks like for you, that will help build you back up again, kind of from the ground up, not only self-esteem related, but help to reaffirm these things and this positive mindset that we know to be true in each and every one of us that we hold, that we hold dear to ourselves. So good. So good. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so, so much for, for taking the time to have this conversation with me. I'm like, I feel like I'm just buzzing and I feel like there's aspects of me that you healed just through helping me understand a little bit more about myself. Like it was, I just had such a great time talking with you. Thank you so much. And likewise, Sarah, thank you immensely again for having me. It was, it was a blessing, you know, being a lot of this opportunity and, and spreading the word and, you know, getting this, this name of this technique out there and allowing people to realize and recognize that, that there is healing possible for them. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you, friend. Thanks so much. Likewise, take good care.